This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Good afternoon, good morning, or good good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 111. And I am your host, <laughs> Adam Bell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. Hey, Peter. What's up? Can I notice something? When we What's do the that? podcast, when you are the host and I'm the co-host, the podcast is shorter. Uh, well, I don't know exactly what that means, but that is an interesting fact. Well, it isn't interesting. That's just an interesting <laughs> fact. <laughs> you, were just, you were just channeling Ron White there, weren't you? <laughs> it fell off. <laughs> it, nope, I can't do no, it. No. <laughs> so, uh, no, the reason, the reason is because I call this the... I called the podcast the Blurring the Lines podcast, and you refer to it as Blurring the Lines podcast. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I had an extra uh, syllable there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You are El Senor. I am just Senor. <laughs> Actually, I thought I was older than you. I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Dom Nicolaitis. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I am not... Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> uh, Brett, where did I put those heels? Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> so oh, on, that note. <laughs> on that note, so I do have some, uh, I think I find either, either Mac fixed the problem. Spit it out. Spit it out. Either they fix the problem for the whole world, or I found the recipe to get my displays to stop swapping. All right, then. Let's All hear right. it. So what I have found is if I always finish on my right-hand monitor, like if the, if the tray bar at the bottom, whatever that's called, the, the Mac tray bar, you know, if you go... The dock? The dock, yeah. The floating, the floating dock that goes from screen to screen. If I always have the floating dock over on the right and I end my session on the right, meaning the mouse is focused right. And if I put it to sleep on the right monitor, when I step away, everything's okay when I come back. But if I leave any windows in weird places on the left-hand side or focused on the left, it comes back squirrely. If it's focused right, as opposed to it being focused wrong. Nope, focused left. <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay. Because I yeah. English but, is such a confusing language. <laughs> but uh, ever since I've been doing that, making sure that I always end on the right, they have been in order. It may be completely coincidental and have nothing to do with the price of eggs in China. I am not familiar with the price in eggs in China, but I understand it's pretty cheap because a lot of them are counterfeit. <laughs> They're counterfeit. Oh, yeah. Or, or they have malware. <laughs> sure. They probably, <laughs> probably both. They're probably both counterfeit. No, counterfeit eggs is actually a thing. 
A real thing? I am not making this up. This is a real thing in China because they take just like garbage, uh, you know, waste products, etc., and just they're able to synthesize it into thing that is not unlike eggs. So yeah, it's cheaper than just having real eggs. Yes, because if you have say literally garbage lying around. <laughs> And you can like somehow quickly and efficiently package it up to look like an egg. You're essentially you've got labor cost, and you're and that's it. And labor in China, yeah. as we all know, is dirt cheap. Yeah. And so yeah, you didn't have to maintain any chickens or anything for that. That's a, precisely that's exactly <laughs> it. So yeah, the counterfeiting stuff. I was listening to another podcast, um, and I was familiar with the you know the the counterfeiting culture in you know, not just China but all of you know that Asian area, like extending into Thailand and other places. Um, and uh, but in China especially, it is amazing. And I listened to this because uh, I have a friend who uh, grew up in Hong Kong. And he lives over here now. And he was talking about, oh no, if we have counterfeit, counterfeit eggs, and you know, this is back when the iPhone six was coming out, and he was joking, he said, "Hi, iPhone six. We already have the iPhone 8. Was, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, this is this is a, a legit thing. I'll dig it up. Um, it was a fascinating podcast. It's definitely one of my favorites these days. The Jordan Harbinger Show. Well, this um, is this would be a, a rabbit trail, and I'll try not to stay there too long, but. And, and I don't. Episode. We can stay yeah, as long as we want. Yeah, stay as long as we want. Uh, I know there are a lot of cultures that honor is a very important thing, mm -hmm. and and it seems to me that the Chinese culture is an, in an honor-driven, but not necessarily these criminals, I guess. Yeah, and, and again, honor may mean different things. Yeah, I, like, don't don't smack my mom. But yeah, and again, <laughs> now at this point, I'm going to go completely off off the rails here, and you know, I'm completely making this up, not saying yeah. to anyone. No actual ever. facts were abused in the making but of this podcast. You could, exactly. You could see, uh, for example, a culture where you know being a criminal, being a criminal, being a criminal could be considered honorable as long as you didn't get caught. Huh. <laughs> you know, so now I'm I'm on in the works of fiction at this point. But yeah. for example, like, hey, you didn't get caught. He's a good criminal. Good job. You know. So anyway. Or it could be patriotic criminality, meaning Which it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay to to cheat the filthy Americans who are cheating the world anyway. I mean, I wouldn't do that to my own countrymen, but it's right. okay to treat them that way. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, so we'll, we'll get out of the weeds here. Uh, I did have another, uh, just a quick cold caller etiquette as the receiver. Okay. So I get a lot of cold calls. And generally speaking, my etiquette is to be polite, nice, and firm. You know, just don't it's leave an order. opening. Well, in, in any random order, but I, you know, I, I want to make it clear. I'm not interested in their product. I don't want to give them an opening to contact me back, but I want to be nice about it. You know, as mm -hmm. nice as they will allow me to be. I mean, mm -hmm. cause I think that's about as fair as I can be 
I don't like to be bothered by some. But, but, but wait, you've got to hear about this product though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to be bothered by solicitors, but I also understand I'm a businessman. I've got solicitors. I've got people cold calling. I've, you know, I've got people showing up on people's doorsteps. So I am a solicitor. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to have as much etiquette as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. So I got a call this week from a leads reseller. You know, they sell leads. Yep. So they contact me and, and I know who they are because I've heard of them. No, I thought you were going to say because I use them. Because I use them. No, I, I heard, I mean, I heard of them and I, I did a quick search on them and I'm like, okay, they're just another one of those. I don't, I don't need one of those. I, I do different leads. So this person calls and he's fairly nice. I mean, he says, I am so-and-so from so-and-so company and I would like to talk to your business development. I said, you know, listen, I'm, I'm not interested. Um, we've got that covered. Um, just not, not interested in your product. Well, you haven't even heard what I, I do. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I, said I, I know what you do. Uh, thank you. We're not interested. You can take me off the list. Well, other businesses that I call like yours are interested in the products that I, and services that I provide and you should be interested too. <laughs> you should be interested too. <laughs> yes. I said, I'm not interested in anything that you're selling. You, you don't even know what I'm, I said. Anything, nothing, <laughs> I don't, anything. anything. I don't want, I don't want anything that you're selling. Just take me off the list. He said, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. I said, hold on. No, 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 you won't. I said, don't call me later. Okay, I'll, I'll talk to you later. I said, oh, no, you won't because I'm blocking your number. (laughs) And and I did, I blocked his number. I blocked their, uh, I blocked their DID from contacting me. Now he could call from his cell phone or something if he was really so inclined, but I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Don't call me later. I don't want to talk to you. I've been as polite as I possibly can. (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah, Yeah, I have some, you know, I get things like, because, you know, now Paradigm for the last several years has been distributed, right? So we have, we don't maintain a corporate headquarters anymore. Mm -hmm. Cutting costs and yes, we we pass that on to the customer. So yes, you're welcome. Um, but as a result, we don't tend to need professional cleaning services. Um, you know, probably not. And I have to not keep telling. I have to keep telling these people who go. I mean, we will professionally clean your malware. Sure, we'll do that. But but um, we have to keep telling these people who call. Like, yeah, we're interested in your cleaning, sir. We can do a better job. I'm like, yeah, probably not. Uh, you know, so it makes me want to like, you know, get one of those, uh, fake office, you know, addresses, like just a PO box or something like that, or, you know, like a mailbox, yeah. et cetera, US, UPS store thing. Just send them there and do a cleaning. Yeah. Come you on know. by. Free two hours. Have fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So on to our main topic then. Yes. Well, wait, didn't we have nifties? No nifties? I mean, uh, fun banter stuff. We're all caught up. We're, we're good. 
um, yoga, CrossFit, all that stuff. It's all just yeah, yeah, everything. Sure. It's, it's one. I mean, I just want to make sure. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good. I mean, wait, was, you know what? You know what? This is the Adam episode. If you want to, if you want to be all business on the Adam episode and no fun, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> on our main topic, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Although this week, speaking speaking of yeah, since you brought it up, you know, I try not to talk about my cult CrossFit um, too much. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's what my, my wife calls it. She says it's a cult. Uh, He's not the only one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, so, oh, okay. Okay. So, I will talk about them for a second. So, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so, you know, this is just, a, I mean, this is a, this is a cultural difference here. Okay. Hey, wait, wait. Hey, cultural cult. difference? <laughs> cultural difference. So, one thing about the gym, or I go to a gym to work out. Uh, if I were going to a yoga studio, I think I would call it a yoga studio, but I could probably still mostly call it a gym, uh, because I think of it, I think of athletics. Well, CrossFit doesn't like you to call it a gym. They want to call it a box. This is true. And and I don't care for that. And when I'm referring to anybody, even CrossFit people, I say I'm going to the gym because it's a gymnasium. That's what, I mean, you can call it a fancy box or whatever, but whatever. I don't, I don't care about, but the other thing is they are workout clothes and shoes and paraphernalia crazy. They will buy any workout stuff. If it says something rogue or, you know, voodoo barbell or what, you know, any of these things, it's ridiculous. And they've got shirt. They they buy shirts every quarter for everything. We do every event we do. We get a T-shirt for. So Legacy Cup twice a year. You know the which is the participation in the uh, CrossFit Open, and and I get two of those T-shirts per year, and I, it's fine. I, I really, I'm just participating. I'm paying the $20 participation fee. And as part of the $20 participation fee, I get a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care for the t-shirt. I don't need a t-shirt. You know, when I go to the gym, I'm wearing clothes that are good enough for the gym. They cover mm-hmm. me up and they hold my sweat from running down where I don't want it running. But <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I don't go to the gym to look nice, but man, they will spend money on t-shirts and shorts and shoes. If you've paid any sort of attention to fashion in our culture, though, this is like, this is like every day for women. They, they have no choice. We, you know, when it comes to money and stuff for clothing, we have it lucky. You yeah. Know, we can get, I can get by with a $4 Hanes BVT t-shirt and I feel just fine and I think I look fine. Everything's great, but you know, yeah. they don't have it so lucky. So I'm wearing a Huntress. You're wearing a QR at, code. Yeah. A Huntress. <laughs> you need to get some boxes. <laughs> uh, free t-shirt. So most of my t-shirts are, are vendor t-shirts. And if I, if I'm wearing a dress shirt, I've got a white deep V under t-shirt that I bought, you know, eight of them for $16 or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So but anyway, anyway, so you got any, you got any uh, gym updates? I think you ran 11 miles last weekend and nobody was chasing you. 
<laughs> no animals, no bears, no. no. Just for the fun of it. I did. I did do 11 miles. Uh, I was going to do more. I, I did that on uh, Monday, I guess it was. Monday or Sunday? Monday, I think. And um, yeah, did 11 miles. It was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I had mm -hmm. fun. I liked it. Uh, I was going to go on the next, you know, two days later, I was planning on doing 12.1 or 12 miles or so. And I was toying with the idea of going all the way up to uh, 13. And um, I talked to my marathon coach, my former roommate there, and he said, take a break. Time to take, take a week off. And yeah. I was like, a week off? And he said, yeah. He said, um, you know, take a week now. And it's, um, you know, um, once a month or so you should just take a week and and rest nothing yeah. too strenuous i was like so can i do any sort of running or whatnot he's like just just chill so i've been just doing yoga so i went to like three yoga classes yesterday <laughs> trying to trying to keep <laughs> I, I i thought about it after i came home like you know i could have like maybe worked out a little bit lifted some weights and stuff but yeah i didn't so but anyway my plan is uh, i'll be adding 10 percent, so i'll be at uh 12 miles for my next run which will be next week possibly um you know possibly as early as sunday afternoon not sure probably not Sunday. Afternoon. Now we're getting we're doing um lunch with uh, my girlfriend's family um so probably monday i'll look for a 12 miler and then um by next weekend after that i should be at half marathon that's awesome. Good job. So uh, there you go. Well, I've got, I'm not, I need to look at my schedule because I try to do six weeks on. I mean, if I've got six weeks with no interruptions, no fail to go to the gym, you know, if I did two that, you know, but if I do six weeks straight without fail, I usually try to give myself a week off. Mm -hmm. I think I just completed week five. So I think I've got one more week. Uh, I need to look and see when my next break is coming up as far as like holidays or spring breaks or, cause I think I've got spring break in March and I think I'd rather do seven weeks on and then enjoy that full week than have to try to work out during spring break. <laughs> and I've lost some weight. I tell you I've lost weight. No, where are you at? I am down at, 218 which okay. is good for me <laughs> yeah. if i could get to like if i were 210 i'd look pretty lean I my all-time high was 212 <laughs> but, yeah. but you're like four feet taller than i am so it's okay. <laughs> yeah well i got the flu and i lost uh so i was at 228 uh really closer to 230 depending on what you know two pounds one way or another just isn't much mm -hmm. uh, so I lost close to 10 pounds with the flu and I was like you know I'm gonna keep this off I'm gonna get on lose it I'm gonna mm -hmm. march my calories I'm going to yep just keep it off and and I'm I'm almost there the odd thing with me was up until this last run for the last few runs I had been gaining weight I think we talked about this last yeah week. Um, but as of my last run, when I finished that one, I came back, I was like 162 pounds again. Oh, okay. So 
down from like 169 the previous after the previous run. So, you know, and, and of course what I eat, you know, I don't always eat exactly the same time of day and the same quantities. So I know that, you know, that was a, a factor, but it's getting a little disconcerting because, you know, like every time I would weigh myself, I was in the high 160s as opposed to the low 160s. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that was that. So want to hear a funny uh, story real quick? So Tell me. I- don't ask me, ask our listeners. <laughs> so I just got an alert uh, on my cell phone that I, uh, that we're doing 911 testing today. Okay. So when you've installed voice over IP phones. I regrettably have. I've installed voice over IP phones. And I've installed, I mean, I've been on site when traditional phone systems were being installed as well. And the procedure has always been before you, you know, before you sign off on everything, you have to do a 911 test call. They have to tell you that the address, the phone number, and the business is correct. So if somebody has a legitimate emergency there, then the the emergency personnel will come to the right location. Yep. So it's all, you know, I was taught you dial 911, you never hang up. You immediately tell them this is a this is a test call. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm looking for the business name, phone number, address. You know, and they respond with it. You know, it takes less. You know, 20, 30 seconds at tops, unless they want to confirm you're really okay or chit chat with you. Mm-hmm. So I explained this procedure to my newest employee, and I wanted him to confirm that his new phone had the right address, showed up right, and I told him that same story, the procedure, this is what you do. He's like, oh no, I'm not calling 911. I said, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really, it's straightforward process. Make sure that you tell them right ahead, this is a test call. So he does it. The woman at the other end says, this is the emergency line. You don't call this number for testing. And just reads him the riot act. And, he, and he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't have the other number. Well, here's the other number, and the police have already been dispatched. <laughs> and he's like, well, can you call him off? Because this, this was a test call, not an, I don't have an emergency. It's too late. And she said, you need to call this number next time. And the Hendersonville police came to my office, and he was like, dude, we're sorry, but um, this was a test call. I mean, we weren't, you know, I don't, I don't know why they dispatched you so quickly. And, and then of course my new guy, he thinks I'm hazing him. (laughs) 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 So, so today he is, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a credit union and their, their 911 numbers were not set right by previous IT. So we're going through them now, reviewing them, making sure that they all are correct. So right now they're getting ready to make those 911 test calls. <laughs> and he's, he said, I'm not making the phone calls. I'm making her make the phone calls. <laughs> so he's like, if the police come to a bank, uh-uh, I don't want to be one. Wanting <laughs> your new customers, that's a great way to yeah. endear them towards you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so anyway. Ah, nicely done. Cool. And with that, I think we should move on to our main topic. Okay. So moving on to our main topic, uh, discussion of 
businesses are becoming a subscription-based model. Now, this is not a 100% statement, but a lot more businesses are becoming subscription-based, meaning you pay a monthly fee, either in part for all the services that you're going to receive from them, or uh, did I say in part or in whole? So. Yeah. In part, so some services that you may receive for them, some services you may pay extra for, and then there are other services uh, like my company, we do in whole. So they pay for everything, you know, everything, every service that they're going to get from us and we provide it as, as they need it and mm -hmm. with no questions asked kind of thing, subscription. Right. But otherwise, so if they, and if they ask for anything that doesn't fall inside that, you just, we don't do that. We, yeah, we either, we are either unable to provide that mm -hmm. or it's, uh, it has to be purchased from somewhere else. Yep. Uh, and we'll typically help them. For example, hardware and software. I don't have hardware. I don't stock hardware, but if they say I need a piece of hardware, I will buy it for them and then they'll pay me back it's for not it. It's part of the monthly contract that you need. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we'll have 40 new servers dropped on your doorstep tomorrow morning. Fantastic. <laughs> already covered. Mm -hmm. So it, it isn't, I mean, this has been a topic for, for a while, you know, of being able to run your business on MRR, monthly recurring revenue. And, you know, I initially, when I started my company in 2008, I was naive enough to think that I could run a bit, a successful quality business on break fix only. Um, I, I just thought I could. I thought there would be just enough business to come in. But what the problems that I faced from a business owner standpoint was huge fluctuations in the amount of work that I had to do as well as huge fluctuations in the money that I had. So I could have a client uh, that wants to work with me and wants to do a whole bunch of work and we do a whole bunch of work for a bunch of hours. I staff up for that work. Then when the work gets done, I have to staff back down because I have no guarantee of money for mm -hmm. the employee. So they, you know, they just have to go on. And that's a hard position to provide quality service uh, because I, I have a hard time keeping my staff in place. I can't afford to buy the best tools or the not best, but the right tools to help mm -hmm. my clients all the time mm -hmm. uh, under that flexible model. So the, you know, like I said, this is about my company in this particular example, but mm -hmm. you know, by, by having monthly recurring revenue from my clients all the time, I'm able to provide them. I'm able to hire good people, have good tools, and then they get the service whenever they need it. Now, they, my clients still have natural progression of here's a big time of work and then here's a lesser time of work, but they don't pay anymore. So like all these Windows 7 migrations that we did from November to now, mm -hmm. yeah, that was a bunch of work on my end. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> but my clients didn't pay any more money for it. There you go. They I, needed. <laughs> I just finished up. We did a, a migration. I did a migration finished for one of our um, clients. We provide a managed uh, cloud server. It's a, an email gateway. Mm -hmm. and we just did an upgrade from Debian version 8 to version 10. 
And, um, you know, it's like the, the process of upgrading a Debian system, it's relatively painless, but the process of upgrading, say, a MySQL server from MySQL version whatever to MariaDB version something or other, mm -hmm. not quite as painless. Yeah. And, you know, and especially when, like, over the last few years, they've changed some security defaults. So where stuff used to just work and then you would lock them down in a certain way, mm -hmm. now... Debian decides well, we're going to lock them down in a different way. And if you just accept the defaults, well, you're going to lose all of your configurations. But if we bring all of your configurations forward, they won't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> there was a lot of migration and stuff like that. But hey, guys, that's part of your monthly fee. And I just told them because we have this hybrid setup for this one client. They have an old on-prem Linux box. Mm -hmm. the same function and they wanted to leave it there as a failover machine and we have another one in the cloud they do the exact same thing this mm -hmm. one cloud servers primary the on-prem is secondary but i told them is we've got to keep that on-prem box maintained right you can't just mm -hmm. leave it there because it's exposed it's public facing you know on the internet you have to keep that thing patched you don't know how to do that so we will do this for you, but you know, it's gonna be charged by the hour because I am not taking ownership of that box, which is like eight year old hardware at this point. No, to, right. you know, it's like not gonna do that. So in the end, they ended up spending around just, just under the cost of us maintaining and providing the entire cloud-based system. They paid the same amount in labor for the last year. <laughs> so I told him, I said, so this one reaches end of life in a couple of months, just like yeah. the one we upgraded in the cloud. Here's your options. You can pay us a bunch of hours, which is billable at this rate. No, I will not quote you. No, I won't even estimate it because that's, there's too much wild, you know, like variables on there. It's just mm -hmm. hourly rate. Here you go. Um, and oh, by the way, it's ancient hardware. It could die at any time, right? Mm -hmm. Or double the cost of what you're paying me now for that other server. We'll clone it, spin it up in a different center, ge geographically, like on the other side of the country. And yeah. you just get the next monthly bill. No setup fees, no nothing. And he's like, that sounds like a pretty easy sell. I was like, yeah, I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's a, that's a perfect example. You know, that's, a, that's exactly, you know, <clears throat> so, you know, some of my clients have a hard time with it. They don't want to buy or they don't want to pay a monthly subscription. They want to pay hourly and, and that's fine. But I, I mean, I've got just a couple of those clients, uh, but, but I can't, like I said, I can't run a business on that and I can't make um, SLA promises on, on that, on that model mm -hmm. because I can't make a promise that uh, yeah, I mean, Two of my clients are down and one, you know, you both have one hour, you know, downtime guarantees of somebody's going to be on site, yep. but you don't have any, I don't have any employee. I've got to hire an employee before they can come work at your office because, you know. And, and it's interesting because you mentioned this because in the, because um, I operated, as you know, for many years on that, on, on the break fix model. Mm -hmm. And what we would do is we would give, we would uh, give discounts to customers who would give us retainers. Mm -hmm. So I would say like, okay, we will pay you $5,000 in advance 
and we'll, you know, and they would pay us that much, and then we would work against it. We'd just bill it. Mm -hmm. And our policy was, if you pay us a retainer, you're at the top of the list. And we always yeah. had, you know, it was a relatively small business, so there was a, it never came to a point where we had to have a conflict. You know, there was never a shortage of resources. So for us, right. for the longest time, that was just a happy middle ground for yeah. me and my business. Mm -hmm. um, but where stuff, but, but I didn't even realize it. There were things that we were providing as a managed service. I just never used that term. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, web and email hosting. Yeah. That was the thing, you know, like this is our, we own the web server, you know, now if your individual website gets hacked for some reason, or you want us to add a, you know, a shopping cart to it or something like that, that's something that, you know, you need to pay us for. Now, mm -hmm. if, our server got hacked for some reason or, you know, it crashed or went offline or whatnot. That's on us to get it back up and running. You don't pay for that. Right. But if you, through your own ignorance or stupidity or whatever, you know, go and install a virus ridden, you know, WordPress <laughs> plugin on your system, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, we kind of tried to prevent you from doing that, but you wanted full access to your website. So, Hey, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> There you go. So, I mean, I think that I think that overall, I think it is healthier for for businesses to have a planned revenue. I, obviously, I feel that way. But there are things that you can do. Um, you can ha have good infrastructure because you know what things are coming down as far as what your revenue stream is. If you look at companies like Comcast, so Com Comcast locks you in for three years and it's a hard lock. I mean, they, they penalize right. the, the, you know, the snot out of you if you, if mm -hmm. you try to break with them. Yep. But they're a publicly held company <laughs> and they now have value on their, um, you know, what their stock is worth. So mm -hmm. I don't care for Comcast as much just because I don't like the lock-in like that they do. Right. Um, I, no, one does. <laughs> no one does, you know, and, and I put on mine, you know, one of the, one of the responsibilities from the provider is to have a reasonable cancellation. So, you know, reasonable meaning there are certain periods and there are penalties. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but to say you're in month six of 36 months and yeah, you can get out. You just have to pay the other 30 months. The remaining 30 months and you're good. The remaining 30 months and we're good. Um, you know, that's... Wait, that's bad? That, that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can be bad if you're the client and it can be bad if you're getting um, bad service. If you made a bad choice by going with this provider by, you know, like in the Comcast example, let's say that they sold me two meg up and two meg down internet circuit for $500 a month. I'm an idiot, you know, <laughs> because I didn't do any research. I didn't find, I didn't shop around. That's, they that's shame on me. Yeah. I mean, they, they got me. Shame on me. I'm, I'm a very poorly. You're a bad person. I'm a, I'm a bad buyer. That's for sure. Uh, you know, but if they were, if I were paying for a reasonable service, and it was constantly going down, constantly not meeting their end of the bargain. Right. Uh, 
then I, I should have re, I should have recourse for getting out of that. I mean, right. And, and hopefully at least there would be some kind of provision in the agreement that gave some service level agreement, you know, some service level guarantee. Yeah. Which is I mean, not always the case. Sometimes people just pay through the nose and, mm-hmm. you know, don't have any expectations. Well, they have expectations, but they're not held, you know, the vendor isn't necessarily held to those. Mm-hmm. I mean, for yeah. us, we always just did a best effort. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you know, we're making a best effort to provide blah, blah, blah. But uh, with some of our stuff with our, you know, like our hosting services and things, we'll do, um, you know, uh, you know, SLAs, uptime guarantees and stuff. But this mm-hmm. is something where I don't remember now what um, what endpoint protection vendor you, but you were using Sentinel One for one point, uh, and I know that they had this guarantee, you know, that they yeah. were. Sending. I always thought that was a little sketchy. Yeah, it's tough to give a guarantee on a virus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was always wondering too. Is I was adding, well, you know, asking other guys within our peer group where they were saying like, oh, you know, we guarantee our services, your system will be secure. I never felt anywhere remotely resembling approaching comfortable saying something like that. (laughs) Like we'll stand by you and we'll help you get back up to speed as quickly as possible. But I am not guaranteeing that you're not going to get hacked. Yeah. Your system is going to have to be so darned insecure that you're not going to want to use it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the Pentagon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, we had as, as far as service, I was talking about the, I've, I've had clients that were on maintenance agreement and they wanted to go to break fix version where they just pay per hour. And they said, well, you've done such a great job for us. You know, we just feel confident that, that you're going to do a good job for us. Even if we're not on um, a monthly maintenance, even, said, even if we're not paying you to, even if we're not paying you to, I said, no, 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 nay, nay. We had a service level agreement, which means I took our relationship very seriously. Now you are saying to me that we don't, we no longer have a serious relationship. No, it's I mean, I, it's, it's very casual now. I mean, it, your, your mother-in-law, you are now the mother-in-law calling for, you know, <laughs> wow, it's, it's, you had to get insulting there man. yeah it's seven o'clock at night on a you know on a sunday you know on a school night you know <laughs> on a school night even oh man oh <laughs> uh, so so yeah so i i think i do think it's a good model I, not every business can pull off that model grocery stores can find a variant of that model. Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, uh, uh, subscribe and save. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a variant, but it's it's not one hundred percent grocery automatically comes to your house every. You Harry's know. Harry's razors. Harry's razors. It's a blade Dollar Shave Club. Yeah, these are so, all things that are moving to a subscription. You know. Yeah, and like I said, those are good good ideas and they're definitely good for um uh, from your from your business model now one thing that i i do not like uh is middlemen who get something for nothing forever and ever evergreen i like when i get to be that middleman well yeah yeah, i like yeah i would love to you know are you are you added reseller no i'm just a reseller I'm just a reseller. I provide no value whatsoever. Uh, 
but you know that I would say that that is a societal problem with our, um, uh, you know, with our younger people of trying to find a way to make money by doing nothing and get uh, evergreened on that forever. Mm. You ever bought a car? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have bought cars, but I've never bought a car from a. I bought one car from a dealer. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. It was like, did the did the guy who sold you the car actually add any value to the service? <laughs> well, somebody had to write it, write the paper down and give you a description. Yeah, I mean, salesmen. <laughs> I'm not talking about salesmen have a have a gig. If you can sell, you you should make money for making the sale. I don't. I'm not opposed to that. I, so. Yeah, I know. It's just when you talk, you know, they are in effect a middleman, though. Well, yeah, I'm talking about useless middlemen that bring no value whatsoever. Kind of like the ones that, so my girlfriend recently got uh, her, she upgraded her car. She mm -hmm. had an old 2016 Honda CRV and it was a lease and the lease was up. So she wanted a 2019. Mm -hmm. He got called down to the Honda dealership down in Dorchester, which most of the time there's apparently there's some nice spots, but apparently that's not the best part of town. Uh -huh. Drove there on like a Thursday night at like seven o'clock, got there. They didn't have the car she wanted. They're like, oh, but we've got this 2020 with all these extra things, which costs a lot more. Isn't this what you want? Oh, that drives me insane. <laughs> and there you go. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, she ended up going to another dealership and got the car that she wanted. So. <laughs> yeah. So I've, so I've got some good examples in my list of where you get better value by buying subscription. Let's, t and, let's, go, let's go down some of these things because, um, yeah, I think this is a decent uh, example. Let's talk about that. So, so Microsoft Office 365 is actually a decent uh, example. Provide, okay, so the, the variable is you need a new copy of Office every three years for now. security reasons, yeah. latest version. Now. now <laughs> yeah. There are a lot but, of people. <laughs> yes, there are a lot. Why? And real yeah. quick, before we get there, too, uh, the whole idea of the car, too. A car lease yeah. is a form of a subscription. Yeah. Right? So I just, you know. Kaz. Car, car as a service. Kaz. <laughs> Kaz. <laughs> if you're in Boston, you get the Kaz. 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 Kaz as a service. So anyway. Well, yeah. So it. So if you are one of those people that wants to buy Office 365 and replace it every three to four years so that you're running the latest version, you're a business, you are, you know, doing, you need to be at least up to date, not necessarily cutting edge, but up to date. Office 365 is perfect. If you are going to use Office for 10 years, yes, buying the OEM is cheaper. <laughs> yeah, buy the OEM version, which you're not supposed to even be able to get, but you buy it from some Amazon retailer online for like from China, ninety-seven dollars <laughs> from China, right? Exactly. Yeah, gray market. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I got to tell you, I kind of miss the days 
when Microsoft changed their Office file formats on a semi-regular basis. Yeah. Had to upgrade to the latest version or it just wouldn't work. Yeah. Now, granted, I know they would uh, give you things like um, uh, compatibility packs so that like Office mm -hmm. 2003 could open an Office 2007 document. Mm-hmm. But they were buggy, didn't work well, required extra add-ons, et cetera, et cetera. So now that you know the file format is, is it's open, and like you can do a pretty good job opening Office files in LibreOffice and vice versa now. Google, Google Docs, yeah, mm -hmm. like that's not really a thing. So the incentive to upgrade is not you know that great. And um, yeah, I have I have this conversation every time I try to tell folks. You know, but generally, when we replace machines, I tell them, look. Here's the option. And usually what I find though is the, the, the upsell is not just the Office 365, but the fact that it includes OneDrive yeah. you know, with most of the subscriptions. And if you want, you can add on your email and your hosted exchange and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's available. So it's a good value, you know? And because mm -hmm. I would, I like running new software mostly because I like stuff that's secure. Yeah. Now, that often can mean that you're getting stuff that's buggy, and I don't like that because mm -hmm. in recent years, especially, you know, certain vendors have been publishing really, you know, garbage. But if you're doing this where it's got, you know, frequent rolling updates, hopefully because you are the one who's paying the subscription stuff, you're feeding into the machine to help them, <laughs> you know, perpetuate, you know, bug fixes and improvements. Mm -hmm. Not hopefully just feature improvements, but like, you know, quality. Yeah. So, so yeah. yes, Office 365, <laughs> I agree. Good example. Yeah. It, well, and, oh, shoot. I lost my train of thought there. I was listening instead of waiting to speak. Darn nice. it. <laughs> it's important. It'll come back to yeah, you. Yeah, it'll come back. It'll come back. 30 seconds after we hit the big red button. Yeah, right after that. I remember what I was going to say. So, so yeah, so Office 365 is is a good one. Um, oh, no, now, now I remember. It's Microsoft has made it so difficult for people like you and me to maintain the, the, the uh, retail licensing because every, every license has to be assigned to an account. Well, users come and go within companies. So it's not a good idea to register Peter's... Hmm. Office 360 or Office purchase, Office 2019 to Peter because Peter, you know, he was hired as a temp. So he's not, he's not going to be there two years from now, but that license is going to be associated with his email address and we need to reinstall it. How can we do that? We don't have his key. We don't well, have his password. <laughs> so only a couple weeks ago, I worked with a client and I told them, Guys, we've really got to change things because Jane and Larry have both not been with the company for over three years now. But <laughs> when you walk downstairs and you log into that machine, you're still logging on as Larry. And, um, and uh, uh, Remy over there is still logging on as Jane every day and getting email at jane at company.com. Yeah. And finally, the, the deciding factor was like, well, Sophos, our endpoint, our preferred endpoint security vendor, mm -hmm. they license per user. Uh -huh. So for everyone, every user that you're doing that to, you're paying an extra monthly fee. 
that finally got their attention. They're like, oh, okay, we can change that. <laughs> yeah. So that that. All just like, well, who cares? We just keep, like, yeah, uh, that's Larry's computer. So I log on as Larry. <laughs> no, it's company's computer. And, mm -hmm. you, and Larry would log on as Larry. Yeah. But you're Mark, not Larry. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you log on as Mark, you know? Yeah. So finally, well, cool. finally got, the, got some traction there. So, all right, so Office 365. Okay, so another really good value, which I think is, is even better than Office 365, is the Adobe Creative Suite. And I have never actually paid for that myself. Yes. I, I remember purchasing it for some customers years ago when we were an Adobe reseller. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, now Adobe software historically has always been pretty expensive. Yes. So, so how does that compare? Because the first thing, when people look at subscriptions for something, they want to know, what's it going to cost if I just buy it outright? Okay. Yes. You know, whether it's a car lease or Office 365 or, you know, a cloud server, that's the first thing they ask. Mm -hmm. So why would I buy Adobe Creative Suite? Okay. So let me start off with, I pay $55 per month for my Adobe Creative Suite, <clears throat> and I get stock photos. So, actually, no, my stock photos are extra. So I pay $75 per month. Now you're like, well, that's $700. That's over, it's almost $800 a year. That's kind of expensive. Well, that's However, $800 a year. That's kind of expensive. That's kind of expensive. So you say, well, so <laughs> I get. So I had to say that. Yeah. In the Creative Suite, I get Photoshop. Not the Photoshop light, the full-blown Photoshop. When I was... Is that the light version? Yeah, I think that's a, the light elements and light box. Uh, and and those, are, those are pretty cheap. Uh, but Photoshop was a $1,400 program if you had to buy it, along with Adobe Illustrator, which was an $1,800 program. Adobe Acrobat which is a five to $600 program if you don't buy it OEM. Um, Premiere Pro for your audio visit, video, mod, you know, that's another 1800. Adobe Edition for my podcast, another 1800. You know, the After Effects, if you're an animation studio with After Effects, that one was like a $2,500 fee, you know, so all Dreamweaver for websites, I get all of these things. Uh, Fuse, 3D stuff. So these are, there's more, I don't know how many I've got here. So like 10 or 12 applications that are mm -hmm. in the creative suite that I can use. Mm -hmm. Let's just say they're 10. And let's just say that the average was 1,000. So that's $10,000 worth of software that I got. Well, like, well, Adobe is losing money. No. No, they're not, because I wouldn't have bought the software. I would have gone with an open source like I had been doing for years. Or straight to China. Or, or straight to China. <laughs> straight to China. Because I, st I stopped pirating a long time ago when I got the, you know, the moral, uh, when I realized how morally wrong it was. I was, I was superiority. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I stopped, you know, or if I had a friend or whatever who managed, like I did end up having a copy of one of Adobe's products, a legitimate copy that somebody gave me 
they upgraded to a new version and they gave me their old version. It was a retail with the key, uh, but it was still the old version and barely compatible with everything. I get the latest version. I get everything up to date and it's so much better than it once was. Uh, but yeah, they, it has been worth it um, from the Adobe standpoint. But like I said, I wasn't going to, Adobe is losing money if I were a retail buyer, but I wasn't a buyer before the subscription base became available because I was using GIMP. I was using paint.net. I was using, you know, every other open source so that I could accomplish what I wanted. Now I wasn't getting as good of a product mm -hmm. and it, you know, I, I wasn't getting professional quality, but now I am. <laughs> so, and the price, the price is right. Adobe has continued to make money on me for going on three years now that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So I think they're winning. And I'm winning because I've got a good product. So what do you, just quite a, a, just a small aside here. I mean, as, as a business owner or a techie you know, person, what are you using all these things for? Because I generally don't, you know, I, I don't use Adobe products. So what I use them for, I use Adobe Illustrator for my marketing materials. I get a lot of marketing materials from, uh, from vendors because a lot of my vendors have co-branding stuff that gotcha. they're willing to share with me and they'll send me the PDF or the Adobe Illustrator and if, if I wanted somebody to edit them, I would have to send them to like Fiverr or you know, I'd have to pay somebody to modify these files so okay. that I could use them. So this allows me to do it myself. I use Adobe Illustrator a lot and I use Adobe Photoshop a lot, especially when I'm buying marketing materials because I'm also able to buy from Fiverr and get them to get me about 90% of where I want it to be because getting, getting something creative created you know, and you're not, you're always, well, that I, I wish that I was just a little bit bigger or my logo is kind of skewed. Can you unskew it? <laughs> you know, where with, you know, with these products, I'm able to do that myself. And I, I mean, I have graphic design background and I'm capable of doing them and, and I do enjoy them. It's not just a, a, a task that I have to do. Gotcha. And then I also do, um, a lot of, um, Adobe forms as a business from the Adobe Acrobat is, is very, uh, I use that a ton as a business owner. Now I could buy that one outright for 500 bucks. I mean, like if, if I needed that to run my business, I would just buy that one outright because that one's not, it's not, it's not worth the subscription, but they do sell a subscription of it by itself for like $17 a month, which is a better deal. <clears throat> And, and the big thing too, I think to remember is the um, one advantage of a subscription is operational versus capital expenses. Yes. And so that's, which is essentially what you're saying is, you know, the predictability part mm -hmm. that can be beneficial to even, you know, other business to the customers too, because they know what they're going to pay. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and the thing is like a lot of them will, you know, yeah, you know, if you roll the dice, uh, you may get by with an extra year or so of not upgrading that on-prem mail server. 
Yeah. Or you may get by with an extra, you know, year of running Office 2003. Mm-hmm. But you may get hacked because of that. Or one day <laughs> you go to send an email and, you know, you can't integrate with your system because something else upgraded and it's not compatible anymore. Or mm-hmm. that old hardware that you had just died. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. So essentially you're paying for avoiding emergencies. Yeah. When that's essentially what I've been trying. That's been my position for the longest time is like, we don't like emergencies. No, <laughs> you know? no. This is why we sell like redundant firewalls. This is why we have like the ability to power cycle systems remotely so mm-hmm. that we don't have to send somebody over there to push a button. You know? <laughs> yeah. We have backups. Right? Uh-huh. This, is not, this is not a new concept. It's just, it's appealing. Yeah. Anyway, one of the other two things that I do with the Adobe products is Adobe Audition, our podcast. I do that with pod or the podcast audio, and then the um, uh, the video. I also do the video in there as well. So, and I mean those are eh, I mean those are negotiable. I could do them in other free tools, but I like doing them in the Adobe tools. Yep. I mean, if you're good with a tool and you, you know, you are, um, you're familiar with it and stuff, there's efficiency that you gain by, you know, sticking with what you know. Yeah. Well, and there's some things that I get with Adobe Edition for our podcast that I don't get in other, that I wasn't getting in Audacity. Uh, right. The hard limiter, because yep. one of the things that I fought early on in the podcast was getting your levels and my levels equal. Well, there's a compression rate, you know, algorithm. I just say, here's the hard, you know, hard limiter, meaning mm-hmm. it, this is how quiet I will allow something to be. And this is how loud I will allow something to be. Yep. Now make it equal across the board. Yep. So you, you and I sound like we're on the same level. Amazing. <laughs> Even though you're like four feet taller than me. <laughs> yeah. It's the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shoes. It's the shoes. It's the shoes. It's the shoes. <laughs> All right. What other examples do we have? Uh, well, of course, I already mentioned us. I mean, we are, I mean, our companies are good examples and you've already given good reasons why balance for the customer balance mm-hmm. for us. It is way better. My, my customers have a much better it experience yep. by knowing what their spend is. They don't have to spend, they don't have to spend their time thinking about how much money they're spending on us. Speaking um, of balance, mm-hmm. <laughs> jumping to the last item on our list, <laughs> so uh-huh. gym memberships, or yes. in my case, a yoga studio membership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's options, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the yoga studio, I think, does they epitomize all the options. You can do a per class drop in, mm-hmm. and that costs currently twenty bucks a, cl- a class. Yeah. You can it's probably buy, the the least cost effective, I would guess. Well, you can buy a ten class pass for one hundred fifty five dollars. Block hour billing. So that's fifteen. <laughs> there you go. 15, 15, <laughs> essentially twenty hours, right? Yeah. Uh, at the discounted rate of fifteen dollars and fifty cents per hour. Uh-huh. Or you can do uh, they do a part time membership, which is good for I think I, I forget how much it costs. I think it's like fifty bucks. 
mm-hmm. and it includes I think four classes, so like or once a week or something. Yeah. And then you can do full time membership, which is what I do, which is ninety dollars a month, unlimited classes. Get all get all you want. I went to three classes yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So for me, you know, it's a yeah. no brainer, right? You're like that that would have been sixty bucks had you paid out of pocket. Or, or yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now the other thing to think about too is though it's a motivator. It's a you know, it, it actually motivates me to use it too mm-hmm. because I'm paying for it. Then I've look, I've already paid for it. I want to use it. Yeah. You know, it's otherwise it's like me buying the Tesla and just leave it sitting out in the parking lot all the time and never driving. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, and so for something like that, I want to use it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for something like if you do, if you have a a help desk or if you subscribed to a service, then, you know, like I want you, I want these guys to do it. Like even Mm -hmm. like for, for the example, like we had support contracts I remember I would tell one of my employees, he always wanted to just figure things out for himself. And it's like, dude, stop. Yeah. Pick up the phone, start a phone call. Now, <laughs> while you're on hold, waiting for someone to answer, you're free to investigate it on yourself. You're free to continue to do that. But while mm-hmm. you're doing that, wait for it because majority of the time, you know, yeah, you figured something out, but you could have just asked someone. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's a certain, I understand, I appreciate sometimes there's value in solving problems. It can be fun. It can be a rush. But we're here to make money. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, let's focus on getting the job done. Then we can have fun doing it next time because we'll, we'll know how to do it, right? And the client's down or at least inconvenienced. And yeah. you're, you're making that take longer. Exactly. So Call your subscription. Along the same, same vein. So you had a few other examples, uh, Netflix. Yeah. So Netflix, um, you know, eight, I mean, of course they've been around a long time and the, the cool thing about Netflix just as a company, you know, they're like IBM, they keep re- reinventing themselves and they will survive as long as they continue to reinvent themselves. Right. Uh, because the, back in the day, even the, the funny, well, I forget what the name of it was called beforehand, before they called themselves Netflix. But they started out by the only net aspect was it was you go on the website and say, send me these DVDs. Yeah. And then they would mail them to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, had a, I had a subscription back yep. in the day then. I used and, and what was cool, well, I mean, it was, okay, you, you had however many you could have out. You could have three out or four out, you know, depending on which subscription you had. And you would have your queue and they didn't have enough DVDs to accommodate everybody. So you had your list, you put them in order. I wanted to see, you know, these 10 movies and this is my number one pick. And as the DVD came in, they'd turn around and ship it back out to you, Mm -hmm. which at the time I thought was fantastic because I didn't have to go to Blockbuster or wherever and, and rent a DVD. And a lot of the times they would, it, well, one that came to your door, but a lot of times they had a larger variety too, you know, because you'd have the popular thing at the store or whatever. So anyway, so that was slick. And then, you know, I, did, I didn't know how well the, um, the online 
video would do with Netflix mm -hmm. right. because I had quite a bit of experience with video codecs and how big the files were and I couldn't figure out how in the world were they going to be able to stream this for Peter yes. and me to watch yes. videos at the same time. <laughs> Both of us. I mean, the two of you. Imagine if we both try to watch a movie at the same time, we'll bring it to its knees. <laughs> yeah. First, back then, you and I were both, you know, well, I know you probably were ahead of the curve. I was living in Vermont and I was on dial up. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on, uh, I've been on high speed for a long time at this point. Um, yeah, this was this was back in the early 2000s, the, the early aughts, as they say. The early aughts. Yeah. See, I had, yeah, I got married in 97, 98 or 99, I had uh, Comcast coax in our apartment. So immediately, so 98, so I've had high speed since 98, and I've, I've never gone without. <laughs> I, I had it when I was living downtown, but then I got married and we moved back out into the sticks, where it was dial-up or satellite. Yeah. Sometimes it was both dial-up and satellite. <laughs> and they both all sucked. So. With your net zero subscription? Or uh, I can't remember. No, I used the local provider for the longest time was Sovernet and then uh, Toastnet. Those were my dial-up options. Satellite <laughs> was uh, DirecTV and Dish Network. Nice. I did have ISDN at one point. Never had that, but I did have a T1. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I, I never had a T1 in my residence. Had a T, it, well, I did live in the same building where I had the office, so I, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cool. So Netflix, so now, I, I mean, it, it's a great, uh, I don't, you watch whatever you want, anything they have, you yeah. watch it, you just yeah. pay a monthly. Well, yeah. On that note, here's the difference. Amazon Prime Video, they're doing the same thing. There's a ton of stuff you can just watch for free on Prime Video, but what yeah. if you want to watch a movie that they don't have? You can rent it for mm -hmm. a fee, or you can buy it, which means you're renting it perpetually. Forever. <laughs> until they decide to stop renting it to you anymore yeah. uh, for uh, a one-time fee. Mm -hmm. So there, again, is the best of both worlds, because Netflix, if, if you have Netflix and you want to watch uh, a Captain, uh, I don't know, Thor. X-Files. Yeah. X-Files or whatever, and they don't have it, you can't watch it on Netflix, full stop. Yeah. But now, I mean, everybody is going to this other subscription model, like, you know, like the Apple TV Plus. I have that. I have it for a year because when I bought my new phone, I got a, a year of it. Yeah. Everything that I would want to watch on there, it's like, oh, here's how you can buy. You can add your subscription to this. And I was like, I already have the Showtime app. I already have the HBO app. I already have Netflix. I have the Amazon Prime. Why do I need to install? Ah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say uh, Apple's is the least quality. Yeah. I mean, I've, I bought Disney Plus and I get, I get my money's worth out of Disney. Yep. The Apple, it is, it is not as good as Amazon. So Apple, if you're listening, you need to do better. So the only <laughs> one that I pay for right now is Amazon. Yeah. So my girlfriend is the one who brings Netflix, Showtime, and HBO <laughs> to the party. So that, 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 that tallied up in her matrix. She's good looking. She's not, she has Netflix. She's in. Andy, <laughs> Westworld is on HBO. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got, so we do, of course we got Amazon. Uh, but uh, Prime, yep. 
but then we also do Hulu and Netflix and and Disney. Yeah, but add Hulu when I had Spotify, and I think I opened it up and started to watch one thing once and never went back. <laughs> never saw anything I wanted on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to watch any of the old shows that you used to like, they're on there. That's where you go for the old shows. Like I'm watching The Unit right now from I think it was I CBS. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. First season <laughs> was great, and then second season was all right, and then. We're gonna bring their families in, and they're gonna be special operatives too. I'm like, the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't make it after that. <laughs> Had me, you lost me. I mean, I liked it because like the first several episodes, like this is like live action GI Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, that's so yeah. So I'm re I'm rewatching some of that, but uh, of course X Files is on there on Hulu. Yep. We're rewatching that, and Lost is on Hulu. Yep. I have it on DVD, but it's much more convenient to watch it on the screen. And plus, my DVD is not full screen HD. Right. It's just DVD, yep. <laughs> four by and, three ratio sometimes. Yeah, I've got a DVD thingamabobber around, but, uh, um, but you know, I don't have a, like, a DVD player anymore. I've got a couple mm-hmm. of drives lying around on my computers, and I don't remember the last time I used one. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're getting close. I think we Yeah, we're getting close. I think you're running out of time before you have a hard cut. We do have a call coming up. So we got to do a nifty. Okay. Um, and I actually had two of them, so I'll put one down for next week. But okay. I will start. I'm going to give a shout out to Jocko Willink, and I forget his business partner's name, uh, the guy who founded Origin Maine. Uh, if it, it's on originmain.com, M-A-I-N-E is in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a big fan of the Jocko podcast. Uh, we've talked about Jocko Willink, you know, Willink a bunch of times, you know, former Navy SEAL commander, power through everything, get it done, get up at 4.30 a.m., et cetera, et cetera, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I have supported him in a couple of times. Like, I, I guess I got his books through the library, so he'll get some sort of commission there. Um, I bought his white tea, Jocko white tea during the first year of his podcast. Uh-huh. It's okay. Um, but I did just, uh, last week I received my first gear from his, uh, company from origin Maine and I'm wearing their blackout joggers, jogging pants. Okay. They really are good. I'm wearing them here. If you're looking on, on camera, you can see these are the Jocko. Mm. Well, not Jocko, but the origin Maine joggers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are made in America. They're made one state away from me over in mm-hmm. Maine. Um, as far as I know, they're the only uh, judo, jiu-jitsu, aikido gis made in America. Okay. Uh, they're one of the few companies that's actually making boots, denim jeans, tops, bottoms, etc. in America. And here's the thing. This pair of joggers that I have, it fits very similarly to, it fits very much like my Nike pair that I have, which was right. my favorite pair of pants, except these have pockets. Mm-hmm. My Nike joggers do not, so I appreciate that. And these are made in America, and they cost the same. Oh, uh, wow. So that's where I was just like, dude, these guys are kicking it, right? So <laughs> you know, I did a side-by-side, because yes, I, you know, it's not about price, but you know what? Yeah, it is about price sometimes. 
Yeah. And the fact that they're selling something for the same price as my Nikes, which I forget where they were made, probably Bangladesh, maybe Vietnam, I don't remember. Um, yeah. So I'm like, all right. And so far, I've had them for about a week. I'm wearing, wearing them almost every single day. I haven't washed them yet. So I don't know how they're going to hold up, but I'm pretty confident. Mm -hmm. um, but they're comfortable. I've worn them for yoga. That's all I've done because all I've done all week is just <laughs> I haven't run. Um, but uh, no, I really like them. So Jocko and I'm sorry, I forget his business partners, the guy who actually started the company. Yeah. Uh, shout out to originmain.com. Maybe they have an affiliate link or something. No. <laughs> We should really look that up before we bring this up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. So yet yet another nifty. I I mean I had you're talking about pants. I bought uh, well since uh, I bought Duluth Trading's their fire hose flexible fire hose pants. When I think of fire hose, I think of like hard and rigid, but they're not hard and rigid. But they're very. Oh my goodness! Stop. <laughs> they, they are. Uh, I'm not, I'm not even. <laughs> yeah. I don't think of comfortable pants uh, when I, I know, think, you think of hard and rigid. <laughs> I think of, yeah, rough and like a fire hose is just not, not something you'd want to wear as pants, but uh, they're actually really comfortable and flexible. And then they've got that, the diamond gusset crotch for working. So you can bend over. It's like meant for plumbers and things like that. And <laughs> 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 it's meant for big old fat guys who like to still work. Uh, so they fit me great. <laughs> Good job. But what are you going to do when you actually lose weight? Uh, well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we really should wrap it up. Yeah. 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 So since you open it up, I will uh, do the honors. Yes, sir. Uh, listener, we would love to hear from you. You know how to find us if you've been listening to more than one episode, but we're still available at the Blurring the Lines podcast, blurringthelinespodcast.com. There's a contact page there. On Twitter, Adam is Sublime Comp. On Twitter, I am Nicolaitis. If that's not hard enough to spell, I'm also paradigm cc i guarantee between the two of those you will not be able to find me but um yeah send us some feedback send us questions send you know critique even just just tear into us tell us how bad we are we don't care send us a note and then once you're done with that you can have the honors of pressing the big red button boom big red button to contact either us or our guests visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.